Thank you, good sir. I do love raising canes. <laughs> it was introduced to me by KC. And, uh, and um, his son, I think it was KJ, no, it was Daniel, showed him the way of how to eat the chicken properly. And uh, I'm a professional now, professional chicken eater because of Daniel and KC. All right, so good morning. Elevation, again, second time. Um, happy pre-Thanksgiving. Um, we are going to dive in today uh, to the subject that I was going to preach the last time, but then I switched it to worship. So today we're going to talk about um, the prophetic. How many love the prophetic? Yeah. Some of you. How many love the prophetic? Yeah. All right, how many know that you are called to the prophetic? Raise your hand if you think you are not called to the prophetic. <laughs> Raise your hand if you are not called to the prophetic. All right, you all get a gold star. Amen. You're all called to the prophetic, to speak prophetically on behalf of our Father, because he loves to speak. He's always speaking, and um, amen. So... I love the subject of the prophetic. I love to demystify the subject of the prophetic. Um, if, so they, they teach you in, in, in school to tell them when you're writing an essay, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. <laughs> right? You remember that? Okay, so what I'm going to say today, this is the intro to uh, the subject of the prophetic, my personal takes on it. Um, you are, you have the ability, you are invited, and you have the responsibility to hear the voice of God. There are people who are out there who believe that they have never heard and they can't hear. I know because I have talked to them, at least one. I, you know, have trouble hearing the voice of God. And he believed that he was not, this is a church I used to be the worship pastor at. He believed, this one particular um, congregant, he believed that he couldn't hear and he didn't have the gift and he, it was not for everybody, is what his opinion was. And, you know, if that is your opinion, then, you know, you are totally entitled to your wrong opinion. But it is a wrong opinion. <laughs> Amen. Somebody say glory to God. <laughs> that is a wrong opinion. You have the ability. You have the invitation. And you have the responsibility to hear God's voice. Amen. All right. So it's, it's, it's an amazing gift. It can protect you. It can guide you, it can guard you, and it could be a great blessing to men and women that you are in uh, relationship with. And I want to just, I want to open by telling this story about the prophetic in my life and how it um, adjusted some of our decisions when we were just becoming parents. Um, Kalia, our oldest, who's now 11, wow. Where did the 
Where did the years go? She's 11. When she was uh, four months, two months, two months, something like that, we got this opportunity to put her in a baby contest. A baby, no, it was a, um, it was a photo shoot for Pampers in Brazil. They thought she looked Brazilian. I was like, we'll take it. A day out in a house in uh, LA somewhere, somewhere, food was spread out, just chilling, eat it, whatever you want, make $300 for 20 minutes of work. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> and so we did that. It was awesome. She was in this photo shoot, and then people took the pictures, and then the, the director of photography uh, came up. The director of the thing came up, and the photographer was like, you just missed it. It was gold. We got gold. And boom, 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 all these pictures, and then we were out. And they told me not to take pictures. I took pictures anyway, and so I have it on my phone. <laughs> yeah, this is what dads do. This is what they do. They take pictures of their kids when they're not supposed to. Amen. And I'm not sorry. I'm not going to repent about that. <laughs> Maybe I should repent. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I did that. So we did this, and it was amazing. I get in the shower the next day, and I'm thinking this would be a great way to build up her account to pay for college. You know, she could become semi-famous or famous or whatever pursue this Hollywood life or whatever it is. So I get in the shower and then this discly, vile emotion comes up into me and it's this desire for fame, for fortune, and for the Hollywood experience. And I'm in the shower and I was like, just, it's just, infiltrated, just invaded by this thing. And then my life passes, pictures of my life pass before me. Pictures of me when I was a kid uh, in choir, singing in the choir, um, going to football practice, worshiping the Lord with music, you know, on the way to choir practice, you know, stuff at home, just listening to worship music, just being inundated by the gospel, being inundated by the ideas of the gospel at church and just living my life. And the Lord said, this, what you're encountering right now, this is what she will have to contend with if you pursue this Hollywood career for her. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to fight for your heart. And I felt this juxtaposition between this disgustingly ugly desire for fame, fortune, and the whole Hollywood experience versus the way that I grew up in the presence of God, pursuing God, chasing after his presence in worship. And the Lord said, Do, is that what you want for your daughter? And I didn't answer the question. I was just so shocked by this whole thing happening. And so we went on a walk with Kalia to um, 
a restaurant called Conrad's. So I told Lauren, I was like, this just happened. We're not, we're not doing any more Hollywood stuff. No more. And it's been a temptation ever since then. People have come up to our, us and our kids and be like, oh, they're so cute. And here's my card. And oh, they could be in modeling. And oh, they could. And we're like, oh, you're right, but the Lord said no. <laughs> and so we struggle with it at least, at least once in San Diego or twice. And then sometimes in LA. LA. But I want to tell you that that was a pivotal moment in her life, but in our marriage and in our lives. When the Lord spoke, that is the spirit of prophecy. That's what he can do when he speaks to you and gives you warning about your future. He interprets your past. That's what he did for me. He interpreted my past. And he spoke to me about my present and what will be in the future if I go down this path. And so I chose according to his will, what I felt was his will for her life. We chose together. And so I wanted to say to you, this is the power of the prophetic. This is the importance of the prophetic. This is what it can do for you in your life and then how you can bless other people, help to shape and confirm what they are going to do in the, near, in the present and in the near future. It's such an important, powerful gift that Paul says, covet to prophesy. I'm getting a little ahead of myself in the series, but Paul says, covet to prophesy. Now this is interesting because Moses in the Old Testament, he writes down these 10 laws and one of them is about coveting. He says, covet nothing. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet, covet your neighbor's car, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. That's for Stan. Don't do it. Don't covet anything. But this one thing, covet. And I remember when I was first becoming a missionary, my friend, I won't name his name because he's out there in the mission field and uh, he's in a closed country that I can't talk about. But he's out there doing it. We went on a mission trip to the Middle East uh, in 2003. And I, in, in, um, in training in Orlando, I saw him prophesying and using the spirit of prophecy over the other teams that were going out on the same, uh, same mission trip experience during that summer. Different teams are going to different places and we prophesied over this team and <clears throat> we're all praying for each other. So I saw him in prayer seeing pictures, closing his eyes, seeing pictures and using that in prayer. And I was like, I want that. I want to do that. As I would, I would pray over people and then spontaneously say certain things that I felt like were prophetic, but I wouldn't see pictures. And so I saw him doing that. I heard him doing that. And I said, I want that. That's, that's what I want to do. And I felt like for a season it wasn't for me. But then I felt like the Lord led me into a season where it was for me to chase, for me to pursue, for me to actively grow in. 
I want to emphasize that to you. It's for you to chase. It's for you to pursue and actively grow in. And then there's ways that you can do that. There are specific ways that you can grow in the spirit of prophecy. The first one is pray for it. Pray that you would increase in your spiritual hearing, your knowing, your seeing, your feeling. Pray that God would speak to you in dreams and visions. Ask him. That's the first basic way. Asking. Ask and I'll give. That's his kingdom. Ask and I'll give. Ask and I'll give. I'm a good father. I don't give you a stone. I don't give you a serpent when you ask for egg and bread. I'm a good father. How much more, if your fathers are good and they know how to give good gifts, how much more will I give the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? So take that verse and apply it to the prophetic. If you ask, he will give. If you ask, he will give. You have to ask and he will give. Ask and then he will give. It's the same thing for lots of different areas of your life. It's the same thing for Jesus. He had to ask for the nations, right? Psalm 2, ask and I'll give you the nations. If Jesus has to ask, how much more should we have to ask, right? So ask for the prophetic and he will give. He will increase. I felt like for my 33rd birthday, maybe 35th birthday, I felt like he gave me an increase as a birthday present. He gave me an increase of the gift of the spirit of prophecy as a birthday present on the day. I just woke up and I was like, oh, there's an increase. And it's for my birthday. Ask and he will give. All right. So Kalia is now not in modeling because of the spirit of prophecy. And so it is important for you to be able to hear the voice of God. It's important for you to be able to hear his voice for your own life and for the lives of other people around you. Paul says, covet to prophesy in Corinthians. He says, covet to prophesy, earnestly desire that you would prophesy, earnestly desire this spiritual gift. This is the one that you have to chase, is what he says. And so if you think it's not for you, you are wrong. And I want to encourage you, it is for you. It is for you. It is for you. It is for you. And it's not just a option that is out there for you to explore. It is a mandate by Moses, Jesus, Paul, that you would hear the voice of your Savior, that you would hear the voice of God. It's a mandate. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. How many are his sheep? You are his sheep. That means you do hear his voice. You must hear his voice. Paul said, covet to prophesy. Moses said, don't covet, but he also said this thing. This is I love. When uh, there were two individuals prophesying outside of the camp. You remember this story? They were prophesying outside of the camp, and Joshua and Caleb run up to Moses, and they say, Moses, Moses, Moses. They're outside, they're over there prophesying. Just tell them to stop. And Moses was like, what? Nah, homie. This is the KJV, Khalid Jamoy version. <laughs> As Moses was like, nah, homie. Are you, why are you tripping? Are you, 
Are you jealous for my leadership? Are you zealous for me? Are you saying that because they're prophesying that I'm losing authority? Is that what you're thinking? That's what they were thinking. That because they were prophesying outside of the camp, Moses now as the leader of Israel, the leader of the Hebrews, was now losing his position. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes there are pastors who believe that the spirit of prophecy, that they want to resist the spirit of prophecy because of position and authority. I'm glad that we don't come to a church where that is here, that Casey and Dawn are advocates for the spirit of prophecy. Amen. amen. Yes, amen. Now, Moses said, no, let them prophesy. And even more than that, I would, Moses said, I would that all God's servants be prophets, that they would all hear his voice. This was Moses' rejection of their, is the absolute opposite spirit. Moses walking in complete, complete humility, absolute opposite spirit says, no, we all need to hear God's voice and we all need to be able to prophesy for the king. And he says, let them do it. I want everybody to do it. This is the point of Jesus calling Moses and the rest of Yahweh calling the rest of uh, the Israelites up on the mountain. He wanted them all to hear his voice. But what did they do? They said, nah, Moses, we, we see what's happening up on that mountain. We see the, the thunder, the lightning and the thunder. And if we go up there, he's going to kill us. So guess what, Moses? We're sending you by yourself. And then you can just come back down and tell us what he said. God never wanted that. He wanted the entire nation to walk up the mountain and hear his voice and have a meeting with him. But they, because of their fear, they said, no, Moses, you be the, the in-between. You be the go-between. You be the... He never wanted to set up that relationship. He never wanted there to be a gap between him and his people. But that's what they wanted. That's what they chose. And so Moses says, I want them all to hear. I want us all to be able to hear. Moses, it's a theme. It's a theme from Genesis throughout the Bible all the way to maps. From Genesis to maps. It's just all woven all in there, hearing the voice of God and how to do it. And so today, I want to emphasize the fact that, one, you are called to do it. You have the ability to do it. You have the invitation to do it. You have the responsibility to do it. So a few weeks ago, the Lord, I was praying, I was sitting in, the, sitting in my, I was kneeling on, on, this, on the carpet in front of this chair that, that we have, and um, I felt like he gave me an acronym to speak to this. And it's in your lift notes if you have them. It's Air, like Michael Jordan, Air Jordan. And it's cool that this is uh, 2023, the year of Jordan, right? How many Jordan fans? 23. And so he gives this to me in the year of 2023. Air, ability, invitation, and responsibility. 
God wants there to be partnership in prayer and prayer that leads to praise and worship. That's from Amos 3.7. He says, I will do nothing in the earth unless I first reveal it to my servants, the prophets. Why? Because he wants partnership. He wants there to be an echo, a voice in the earth that responds to his voice in heaven. And when he says something to his prophets, to his servants, those who hear his voice, we respond in prayer. We respond by declaring that thing. We respond in prayer. And then that prayer enables the Lord to move and to do in the earth what he wants to do. It's his desire. He initiates. He gives us a vision about revival in L.A. Or he gives us a vision about renewal in San Diego or Menifee or whatever it is. And then we pray that thing into existence. We pull it down from heaven by faith. And so what is faith? <clears throat> faith is, this is my equation for faith. It's not in your notes. Probably should have put it there, but here we go. Faith is conviction or persuasion plus corresponding action equals living faith. James says that without the corresponding action, it's dead faith. And if you have action without conviction or persuasion, that's just assumption. You're just out there doing witchcraft. You're just out there doing your own thing. You're in control. But if you have conviction or persuasion, which comes from the spirit of prophecy, he tells you what to pursue, tells you what to declare, he tells you what to believe, right? That conviction and persuasion plus corresponding action, that equals living faith. Without living faith, it is impossible to please God. So you have to hear his voice, do what he says, pray what he says, and then that equals living faith. So this is why he speaks to us. This is how he gets things done in his kingdom. He says, I want to do this. And he tells the prophets, this is why Jesus was born. This is how Jesus got born. He told the prophets, prophesy all day long. Prophesy all season long before Jesus was born. And then at the right time in Israel, after all that belief, after all that prophecy, after all that waiting for the Messiah, after all that hope and faith building up in that nation, God was able to birth a Messiah. Does this make sense? There was, Israel at that point was a greenhouse of belief and faith. Isaiah. Moses. They all spoke to, there's all of these Old Testament uh, pre-shadowings and foreshadowings of Jesus, Boaz, he's a, he's a type. Joshua, he's a type. Moses is a type. David is a type. And um, Isaiah prophesying about the coming Messiah. And it all culminates with the birth of Jesus. And it's because God was speaking to his people 
they were praying these things and it came to be. But the initiation is God. He's the one who speaks it. This is why it's very important for us to be able to hear his voice. Now, air. Responsibility uh, is the last one. Ability, in a, ability, invitation, and responsibility. Air. When you think about the prophetic, think about air. The ability, John 10. 27 and 28. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them, they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. You have the clear ability to hear the voice of God. If you didn't, Jesus is a liar. And I know that you know that he's not a liar. So that means that if you have been struggling with hearing God's voice, change your belief. Change your mind. I hear God's voice. Change your declaration. Change your thoughts. As a man thinketh, so is he. Change your thoughts about your ability to hear God's voice. Change what you declare about your ability to hear God's voice. Change those two things. And hearing God's voice will become a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And you'll grow in confidence. That's what I had to do. One of the things I had to do was grow in confidence in hearing God's voice. It, and it happened in the prayer room. I would go into the prayer room and uh, I would do these, this thing called uh, meditation, revelation by meditation. And every single time God would speak. And I grew in confidence in hearing God's voice in doing revelation by meditation. It's just a, a way to meditate on the word of God. It's kind of like Lectio Divina, um, similar to it, but there's added things with music. And so I grew in confidence in that and teaching that to people. I grew in my confidence for people to hear God's voice because it happened every single time. Every single time, without fail. Go into the prayer room, do revelation by meditation, God speaks. People come out with insight from the Holy Spirit. This is the best type of insight. Why? Because he speaks to you, and you hear directly from the horse's mouth, and he gives you exactly what you need to know from the scripture the way that you need to know it. If you hear me give my revelation from the scripture, it's good for you, but it may not be exactly what you need from the scripture. And if you go in and you do revelation by meditation and you hear from the horse's mouth what is directly tailor-made, it's like wearing a tailor-made suit versus buying off the rack. Man, you know what I'm talking about? When you, when you buy off the rack, it's all right, you know, it fits. But if there's a tailor-made suit, you, know, you, walk into the, you walk into the church like styling and profiling, right? Like, you're almost floating, right? It's just coming there. There's music playing. It's like, where's that music? That's, just, that's from me. Come on. Because you're tailor-made suit. The word is tailor-made when you go in and hear from him yourself. You will become your favorite teacher if you continue to do that. 
If you will go in to your place of prayer, use the word and sing the word, pray the word, write the word, and ask God what he's saying, you will become your own favorite teacher of the word because the word will be ministering the word to you. I'm saying that again. The word will be ministering the word to you directly from the horse's mouth. That was a good place to shout. Amen. <laughs> Wish I had somebody to shout with me. Come on. <laughs> Jesus did this. He was walking with the Emmaus on the Emmaus Road. Remember that story? Remember that story? Okay. People are here. People are awake. So he's walking down the Emmaus Road. And he's talking to the disciples. And he's talking about himself. And he's revealing himself to them from Genesis up through the prophets. And they said, oh yeah, remember when they got to the end of the road, it was, I think it was like a two mile journey. When they got to the end of the road, Jesus is in the house with them. And he's about to continue. And they say, no, 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 come on, come on, come on. Hang out with us. Eat some tacos. Hang out with us. And then they break bread. They eat together. And then their eyes are opened. And then he disappears. Right? And they say, oh, yeah, remember how our hearts burned when we were walking? And he was talking. He was talking about himself from the scripture. That's what happens when you go into the prayer room and you believe the spirit of prophecy to speak to you and you take the word of God and you go in deep with him and ask him to speak. This will increase your confidence in hearing his voice and other times and other seasons of your life. When you're uh, with your family on day and someone says something to you that's a little off and you respond with words of grace, words of mercy, when you respond in a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, you respond using the Bible, you respond from the Holy Spirit, that will increase, those times will increase once you get regular in doing these things called pursuing the word of God, the voice of God, and believing that you have the ability to hear his voice. You have the ability because you are a sheep. Next one. Let's do invitation. So invitation. Scripture says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered the village, and a woman named Martha, this is Luke chapter 10, Verse 38, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she said, and she had a sister named Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. Martha was distracted with all of her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, she was yelling at the Lord, Lord, the Lord that she just invited into her house. Lord, the Lord who created her, the Lord who spoke this world into existence, she's yelling at him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve by myself? 
I'm slaving away. And she over here chilling at your feet. Lazy. Tell her to get up and help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. But only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen, she's chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. There is a choice that you have to make. I didn't, I've never emphasized this before in this story. It's always, for me, the opportunity to the, you know, ac accusation comes in here in the story and uh, hearing the Lord's words at his feet comes into the story. But then there's also this aspect where Jesus is defending Mary's choice. Mary chooses the good part. She chooses to listen to him rather than to quote unquote serve him. Quote unquote serve the people who have come into the house. Nobody asked her to do it. She was just doing it. She chooses to go into the kitchen while Mary chooses to sit at his feet. We have been invited, just like Mary, to sit at his feet. The invitation is there. The king desires your beauty. And he says, come unto me, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. And Revelation says that there's a door open in heaven. Jesus shows this door to John, who's the intimate disciple, the one that he loves, who's leaning on his breast. Remember this? At the Last Supper, John, Apostle John, is leaning on Jesus. And, and Peter, who um, is the voice of the disciples usually in the, in the New Testament, in the, in the Gospels, is always putting his foot in his mouth, always making mistakes, cutting people's ears off, doing all kinds of st crazy stuff, right? He's walking on water, and then he sinks. He's always out there. He's always brave and bold. But in this moment, at the Last Supper, He's, he's, he's not brave. He's not bold. He's asking John to ask Jesus. He's going through a mediary, an in-between. Peter could, he was right there. He could have asked him, Jesus, who are you talking about? Who's going to betray you? But no, he says, hey, John, ask Jesus. I think there's a lesson in there for us. The one who's intimate is the one who gets information. Intimacy breaks down divine secrecy. There's things that God hides. It's the glory of a king to conceal a matter. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of a king to search it out. It's, the Bible says it's the glory of a king to search out the matters that is concealed by God. So he has, and it's not because he wants to trick you. It's not because he wants you to suffer. It's because he is wanting relationship. He is wanting to have this interplay between you and him, which is the reason why 
he speaks in the first place. He speaks and gives divine revelation and wisdom and understanding in dreams so that you will take that dream and you will go and pray. A lot of people will take the dream and just tell people or take the prophetic word and just blast it on YouTube. And they're missing the point. The point is that you would pray the word into existence. The point is that every prophet is an intercessor. Not every intercessor is a prophet, but every prophet should be an intercessor. Called to prayer. That's the office of prophet. We're not going to talk about the office of prophet. We're talking today about this, the spirit of prophecy and the gift of prophecy which is available to you. And so this intimacy that John is living in shows up in the book of Revelation. He gets the entire book because he's intimate. He's in the Lord's, on the Lord's day, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day and he has this amazing revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And so it says there's a door open in heaven and God said, come up. I have something to show you. That invitation was for him and that invitation is for us. There is a corporate catching up. There is an individual catching up. There is an invitation for you to go into the Holy of Holies and hear from your father. To hear from the one that you say you love, from the one that says he loves you. And because he loves you, he speaks. Because he's your friend, and you're his friend, he speaks to you. He wants to share his heart, just like he shared his heart with John, just like he shares his heart with Amos and Jeremiah. He shares his heart so that you will receive that revelation and use it in intimacy, pursuing him praying about it. There was one back in the day, I, I went to this, um, I went to this, uh, what was it? It was an um, engagement party. And it was an engagement party for this couple that I did not know. And uh, my girlfriend at the time took me because she knew the soon-to-be wife. And so I go to this party and I meet her and I meet him and then we're having fun, whatever, just food and whatever, and we leave. And so then I have this dream that um, I'm in a stairwell, and I'm looking down, and I see the guy that I just met, and I see his ring. It's gold, and it's dingy. It has like little black spots on it. And then the dream switches to where I'm in the stairwell, and then he's out here in the hallway, and he takes his ring off, puts it in his left pocket, and he walks off to the left. And I knew in the dream that he was walking to the left, put his ring in his pocket, walking to the left, because he was gonna go see this other girl and he didn't want her to know that he was married. So I wake up from the dream. I tell my mom, I was like, mom, I just had this dream. Blah, 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 blah. I tell her. She was like, don't tell your girlfriend. Don't tell Michelle. I was like, okay, I won't tell her. She said, just pray. So I went into my bedroom, kneeled down at the end of the bed, and I said, Lord, this is the dream you gave me. Um, and I just recounted the whole dream to him. 
And I said, I don't know what it means, and I don't know what you want, but I pray that your kingdom come and your will be done in this situation. And I gave it to him. Simple. Easy. And then a week later, Michelle calls me. She was like, this girl broke up with this guy. And she told me the story. I said, okay, amen. Well, tell her this. Tell her this is the dream I had. Tell her she made the right choice. And the reason my mom told me not to tell her is because she didn't want the dream to control, to manipulate the situation. But once the dream happens and she makes the choice, the dream now turns into confirmation. And there may have been other people praying in her life that her eyes would be open to this guy. But I prayed. I know that I prayed. And so God answers those prayers because he sends his word. It does not return to him void. It impacts and encounters the people of God. The people of God pray. And then he does what he wants to do because they pray. Yes. If we don't pray, it won't happen. There are so many things that have been delayed and haven't happened or happened the wrong way because we don't pray. We are called to prayer and we are called to hear God's voice so that we know what to pray, that we don't pray amiss, right? The scripture says, you don't have these things because you pray amiss. If we hear God's voice, we won't miss. We won't pray amiss. We need to hear God's voice know what to pray because we've heard his voice and not assume. Assumption is a deadly thing. We assume and we declare and we do all these things, but that's not necessarily God's will. If it's been revealed to you in the Bible or revealed to you in a dream that lines up with the Bible, then you have access to pray that thing and to see it come to pass. Habakkuk said, I will pray and see what the Lord says, right? And then I will declare that thing. So it's our job to pray, hear God's voice, what he says, we speak, and what we speak, we see come to pass because we've spoken it. But not only because we've spoken it, but because he said it, and we know it's his will. His will is the thing that comes to pass. His word is the thing that has power. Just because we say it, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come to pass, but it will come to pass if we've been given insight and revelation. Amos 3.7, he speaks first to the prophets. I will do nothing in the earth unless I first reveal it to my servants, the prophets. Then I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do This is God who spoke the world into existence, who has all power, Right? knows everything, can do everything by speaking it. And he says, I'm going to reserve my power. I'm going to reserve from creating anything else, from doing anything else, so that I can first speak to my servants, and they will pray it, and then I will do it. I will answer that prayer. I will answer that prayer. I will answer that prayer according to his will. So, we have this invitation to come up and to hear his word, to, to go up. We have the ability, we have the invitation, and we have the responsibility. Heir 
ability, invitation, responsibility. Acts chapter 2, 17, 18. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They will do it. Then it's not they might do it, they can do it, or they should do it. They will do it. We will prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will have dreams. And even on my male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. There's some things that I just love about God's voice when he, when he speaks um, about what he's going to do. I love Amos 9-11. He says, I will, I will, I will raise up the tabernacle of David. I will rebuild its walls. I will. This is his will. It's his desire. He's going to do it. And then here, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. This is not a choice. We will do it. Sons and daughters who follow after the king, who are in relationship with him, we will prophesy. We have the responsibility to fulfill this verse. We have the responsibility to hear his voice. It says that the, the earth is groaning and in, in waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is in turmoil. It's groaning and waiting for us to be manifested, for us as men and women of God to mature to the point where we can hear his voice and walk like Elijah did and stop the rain for three years and start the rain again for three years, after three years, to ignite a revival, to see fire fall from heaven and burn up the sacrifice, to see a, a whole nation or a city or a church turned around and revived for the king of kings to serve the one true and living God. This is what the earth is waiting for. This is why we have so many people pursuing yoga and witchcraft and all kinds of crazy stuff out there with the, in the occult. Because there's something more that they're desiring. They're not wanting rules and regulations. They're wanting people to manifest real relationship in hearing God, moving in the spirit, and doing what he says and seeing results. They're tired of rules and regulations and, and, and inauthentic Christianity, powerless Christianity. They are wanting to see power. The human spirit is attracted. They have, we have this void in us. Some people have called it the God void. You've heard that before? You've heard the God void before? It's in us. It's in every one of us. And we're, we're, they're out there waiting. All of creation even is waiting for men and women to mature to the point that we can do what Elijah did and even greater. Yeah. We can do what Moses did and even greater. Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. Even greater. Even greater. So we have this responsibility as the ambassadors of heaven to hear heaven, to declare a thing, to pray that thing into existence, and to see it come to pass. All right.
So um, my initial love of the spirit of prophecy and the prophetic gift was because I wanted to see people function. And today we're going to function. We're going to prophesy today. Just going to take a little bit of time. We're going to do that today. Um, my initial desire was that people would function. And I had this meeting with this guy named Tim. And uh, he was, at the time, he was 54. And he told me in the meeting, this uh, breakfast meeting, that uh, he, he felt like he'd never heard God's voice before. And so I'm, you know, the spirit of prophecy comes up in this meeting, of course, because you're talking to Khalid, so we're just going to talk about it. And so then we're talking about the spirit of prophecy, and he tells me that he, he, felt like he, he felt like he never heard God's voice. He wasn't sure. He's 54. And so I left the meeting. I got in my car, closed the door. As soon as I closed the door, this, the weight of his words was on me. And just, I felt the... The, the heart of God for him. And my purpose for pursuing the prophetic shifted from people functioning, a functional point of the prophetic and relational point of the prophetic. God wants people to function, yes. But more than that, he wants people to relate to him because he's a father. How many fathers want children that they can't speak to or that children don't respond to them. I love when my children hear me, call for me, cry out to me. Uh, my, my, my littlest, is, is she still here? She's, is she, she down there? Hi. One of the things I love about her is that when she was little, and she still does this to this day, so if I, if I leave a room, and I come back in, even if it's like 30 seconds later, she'll say, hi, daddy. Hi, daddy. Hi, daddy. She's just always communicating with me. The father heart of God is that and much more. Much, much more. Much, much more. Much, much more. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to share his heart with you. And so when I was first pursuing the prophetic and first pursuing it for other people and demystifying the gift so that they know that they can hear God's voice, it was all about function. And when I had this meeting with him, I realized it's all about relationship, mostly about relationship. He wants you to be prophetic. He wants you to trust in your ability to hear his voice because he's your father. You are his child. That's the main reason. That's the, that's the meat and potatoes of it. Yes, yes, Paul says, covet to prophesy, and part of it is because it helps the body of Christ. It teaches the body of Christ. You encourage someone else. But I think the main point of it, of it is, is that you are his sheep, and you hear his voice because you are his son. You are children of the Most High God. And he, as a father, wants to be able to speak to his children. That's the main point. So the, 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 there's, there's the ability, there's the invitation, there's the responsibility because he's your father. And he wants to speak. He desires to speak to you. And he desires to speak through you. All right, I think I'll end there.
There's this last scripture from Luke chapter 11. Um, but I will, I've already talked about that a little bit. So what I want to do now is I want, I've, I've been loving what Casey has been doing with the uh, Lectio Divina and doing a little activation stuff, you know, having you guys take part in the sermon kind of. So what I'm going to do is going to have our wonderful <laughs> Cynthia pass out Thanks. some papers. All right. Now what I want you to do is take a pen, take these papers, and we are going to prophesy. Amen? All right, how many of you, right, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Now, I want you to sit down if you have given somebody a prophetic word before in your life. Some point in your life, you prophesied to somebody. Sit down. All right, stand up. Stay standing if you have never prophesied to anyone before. All right, cool. All right, you guys standing, put your hands out like this, like you're receiving a gift. Put your hands out like this, both hands, like you're receiving a Christmas present, a Thanksgiving present. Amen. All right. So I'm going to pray for you. All right, is that cool? One person wants prayer. Is that all right? Yeah? Okay. Okay. Can I pray for you guys? All right. I'm going to pray that the Lord would give you a spirit of prophecy, give you a gift of prophecy, and then continue to allow that gift to increase. Actually, you know what? Everybody sitting, let's pray also for these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people, eight people. Are you included? No. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. All right? Everybody ready? Let's take two minutes and pray for them that they would be given the spirit of prophecy, that they would increase in the spirit of prophecy. And just like a gift, they would receive it. It's a gift. Remember, he said, it's a gift. I will give good gifts I can give good gifts. If you can give good gifts, how much more can I give from my Holy Spirit, right? That's what he said. So just receive it like a gift and believe he will speak through you. Amen. So Lord, we ask you for the manifestation of your spirit in these individuals standing today to receive the spirit of prophecy. I ask you that you would release the spirit of wisdom the spirit of knowledge, understanding, and revelation, spirit of prophecy would come upon these men and women who are desiring the spirit of prophecy, who are standing now with their hands extended to receive this gift. God, I ask you to impart to them a spirit of prophecy, that they would have dreams and visions, and that they would know, like the sons of Issachar, what the church should do, that there would be insight, that the spirit of wisdom, revelation, would dwell in them richly. That the word of God would come back to them. That you, Holy Spirit, would 
would teach them all things. He said you would remind them of all things. And I ask you, Lord, right now for an increase, Lord God, for a gifting and for an increase of the spirit of prophecy, for the gift of prophecy to be birthed in them. And it may be small. It may be like a like a, 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 a small seed of mustard seed. But God, let that seed grow and grow and let them have confidence and let that seed be watered in the name of Jesus. I ask you for increase in their life. Amen. All right. So now what we're going to do is we're going to do a little activation. All right. You ready for it? All right. So I'm going to, yeah, you can sit down. You, everybody have your papers? All right. No? All right. They're still coming. All right. Here's, here's what I want you to do. On the paper, there's a place for it to say to, and it's from. You can write your name at the from point. I want you to ask for a verse or a picture from the Lord for a person. Now, this person... Uh, men, I want you to write to a man, and women, I want you to write to a, to, uh, to, to a woman. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to see this person, these people, very soon, okay? So, I'll, I'll have the ability to, I can uh, take these papers if I need to, and, and give it to that, these people, okay? Now, I want to tell, I'm not going to tell you their names, because uh, I, just, I don't want that to affect what you will say, but um, I want you, I'll tell you something about them, all right? They are people of influence. They are in the kingdom of God. If I said their names, you would know them, um, so I'm not, I'll say their names later. Um, so, so I want you to ask the Lord for a verse or a picture for this person. Women, write to the woman, and men, write to the man, okay? Uh, this person, these people are people of influence. Um, they are in the kingdom of God. They are special to God, um, I feel. And, um, and I want you to encourage them, okay? Just ask God what he wants to say to this person. Men, again, you're writing to the man, and women you're writing to the woman, okay? Does that make sense? Anybody confused? Raise your hand. Any, okay, question. So, um, it's not just somebody random like in the church? No, it's not somebody random in the church. It's a specific person. So you ask God what God wants to say through you to that person. You are writing to a woman. You are writing to a man, okay? I'm going to see this person so I can give these people the... Sorry, so you put your name down at the bottom. And then at the top, when we're done, I'll tell you the name to write in, okay? Yes? Anybody, any other questions? Going once? Yes. Yes. It, a Bible verse. Does that make you sad? <laughs> I saw the frown on your face. I was like... A picture or a Bible verse? And then if you have the interpretation of it, like what you think it means, what you feel like it means from the Lord, you can write that down there too. So there's the ver there's a picture, Bible verse section. It can be a verse or a picture. 
like you saw, you see, you see, whatever you see, whatever you see, like grapes, or you see, like whatever you see, right? And then ask the Lord, what does that mean for this person? And then you can write down the interpretation. Does that make sense? Write the picture, write the verse, or whatever you get, and then write an interpretation. the first prophetic activation. How many enjoyed that activity? How many felt like God spoke to you? Amen. Is there anybody who would be willing to share what God said to them? Yes? All right. Amen. That's good. Guys got good stuff. I think we have to close, right? We got to go get the kids, right? Are we over time? I know nothing about time. I'm sorry. So, uh, what I want you to do is take your pen and write your name at the top because you just prophesied to yourself. Amen! So, uh, I was a little tricky. I was tricky. Sorry. Um, I repent for lying a little bit. I didn't lie a lot, right? It was just, it was kind of just a little bit. Um, but this word is for yourself. You take it home. Sometimes we prophesy uh, better things for other people, right, than we do for ourselves. And we think about ourselves lower than, um, than we should. And so sometimes uh, you just got to be tricked into prophesying wonderful things about yourself and speak to yourself. He, David said he encourages himself in the Lord, right? Yes. right? So you got you to encourage yourself in the Lord. So this word, whatever it was, is from you to you. Amen. From Holy Spirit through you to you. Amen. So take this word home. If it was good, put it on your uh, mirror and, and believe it, receive it, declare it, pray it into being for yourself. Amen.